Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Sarah Smith. If you're the type of person that goes to liberty as other people would go on safari, and the fact that John Lewis doesn't have a funeral service makes you fret, Sarah Smith cleaning cloths are for you. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. On the floor with Helen in the kitchen Kirsty came in, the custard is boiling He's dead, they said, but Rob came back to life Jordan's in the pool and Wayne's busy cooking Out in the bar, the Grundies are drinking And Beverly Drains is hiding out of sight It's the Ambridge Life Every day for 30 minutes You can't see the cast It's all talking and describing If you use your mind You can see the farms and people It's enough to get you Addicted if you let it Ambridge Life For farming and emotion You keep listening Just to hear the next commotion Want to Buy that plow, but the L won't seem to let you Are you sure that Justin isn't out to get you? Uh, we need to start with an email we've had from Tracy Shevin. As you are aware, following on from my sponsorship of Dumpty Dum, my husband was terminally ill with cancer. He sadly passed away on the 18th of June at home with his family around him. He wasn't an Archer's fan, but he did listen along when I played Dumpty Dum. He was thrilled to be mentioned, and that will be in the archives for me to look back on. Um, lots of love, Tracy, and we're very sorry. This is Dumpty Dum the show, but the reality docudrama that centred at Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands on the Olympic theme carnival that is Roy Field C. Brown, and with me are the whack-a-mole that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our magnificently dull fate, folks, is you. Now, today's Dumpty Dum is another Ambridgeized 9 to 5 from Chris who says, The lips were written before the sad passing of my late and much lamented Beverly Drains. And before Pip let Toby take her up Lakey Hill. Lucy, can you remind our listeners how they can win the accolade of Dumpty Dumber of the Week? Yes, if you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, give us a plot prediction or grease your trailers, then ring us on 0203 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to lovely Shambridges, as always, for her amazing voices, which are truly amazing. Mm. To Cosmo for his podcast roundups and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. 
Thanks also to Derek. Um, Derek has been investigating Pokemon Go. He thought he'd give it a bash, as everyone else seems to be doing it. Uh, he said he thought he'd caught Bulbasaur, but the doctor said he just needed to wear looser underpants and keep using the cream. <laughs> On this week's episode, we have calls from Steve, who's enjoying friends with benefits, Jane, who's discovered an anomaly, and the Elfar Cordial Retail Price Index, Steve Perkins, who's disappointed with the Grundies, and Andrew Horn who says, watch out, Pip. But first, before the caller in us, it's Lucy V. Freeman and a week in Ambridge. Pip is being coy. It's revolting. She said she was cracked after Matthew. I reckon she's been cracked since birth, personally. Ambridge got pulverised right in the little Croxley. But it's all right, <laughs> because PC Harassment Burns, played by Peter Kay, is going to be the new captain. He was repeatedly assaulted in the bull by Alistair until he gave in and agreed, but only if Fallon will come with him and bring everyone a Jaffa cake. Alistair said they needed someone who would remind everyone on Twitter that it was Nets. On Twitter? You kidding? People in Ambridge don't even ring each other. They drive to each other's houses. The closest they've got to social media is Susan. <laughs> Anna Toboggan was describing the prison garden to Carol. What is in it? said Carol. All the normal things you would find in a garden, said Anna. Trees and shrubs. In case Carol Toboggan didn't know what was usual in a garden. A lap dancing pole? A tumble dryer? Bruce sounds like a nice man, doesn't he? Bit out of breath all the time, though. Rob and Henry were playing I Spy, and Henry was looking for something beginning with B. Buggering bollocks, I think. There's plenty of them around. B turned out to be bicarbonate, which was needed to cure Bruce's dyspepsia and general vileness caused by not eating toad in the hole. He decided mm -hmm. to slave traffic Ursula back to Little Ranting on the Marsh, where the Titchy Nobs <laughs> live happily en famille. Despite Brucey Baby describing Henry as a freak of nature, he seems to have more in common with him than he realised, as he said, All right, to Ursula. Over at Bridge Farm, things were a laugh riot, as usual. Tom was reminiscing about Helen's business now. Helen apparently wanted to make organic baby food for organic babies. Organic babies are dirtier than normal ones, more expensive, and you can only find them in Waitrose. Mm. Oh, and Brian and Adam have bought themselves a giant drill that does something jolly to the soil structure. They witted on about hydraulics boringly, and then they dragged poor Jenny Darling into it and patronised her half to death. She then amazed them by saying she understood all about it. I'm not stupid, she said. And although I spend my whole day driving to and from Underwoods and keeping up a pointless website that no one reads except Linda, I also have time to update my knowledge of seed drills. Tom and Adam <laughs> talked about how busy and important and stressed they were while they opened a couple of beers and sat under a hedge by the polytunnels. That is not being busy and important, chaps. That's being a tramp. <laughs> Beverly Dreams storyline trundles on. Honestly, it is crackers. We need some sort of plot diner rod to shift this storyline as there are significant drains-related blockage. The fate preparations are not going well, and Linda's sniff went into overdrive. Firecrackers, turnip javelins, the Olympics, carnival, all were rejected by Lindy Bottom in favour of community porridge making and a workshop on Wither the Shepherd's Hut. Let's hope it'll all be imperiled by something and then miraculously, at the last minute, turn out all right. <laughs> that would make a change, wouldn't it? It was poor old Rex's birthday and his birthday surprise was, guess what? I'm shagging the girl you're in love with. Happy birthday, bro. And lend us a couple of quid for the Johnny machine. But the best thing was we had a Bert poem. 
If I was 29 again, I wouldn't be so glum. I'd face the future with a smile and kick Toby up the bum. The end. That was awesome this week. I enjoyed that. Well done. What do you think about this? Um, this I really like, actually. I really, really enjoyed the mm. little the relationship between uh, um, uh, Rex. Rex and yeah, it's really sweet. Yeah, and yeah. you know they, he again. And Pip was being a bit of a snarky ass as well. When mm. when um, when Bert had written his little poem, mm-hmm. my poem, and he wanted to to tell it to to Rex. Rex listened really properly and appreciatively. Well, to, and to, said, but to be fair though, right? Rex has only been in it for how long? A year. So he's only had a year of listening to Bert's poems, whereas <laughs> Pip's had a, the whole life. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's true. Yeah, that's true. I but no, you are and right. And Toby was, was, was horrible, wasn't he? I mean, he was just sort of laughing at him. Mm. I think maybe Bert should kick Toby out and keep Rex. Make Toby go and sleep in the caravan. Be lovely in this weather. Lots of hot chicken shit. Marvellous. <laughs> um, any of the highlights of last week before we jump into the caller in us? Um, I thought the bit about Jenny, darling, understanding the seed drill. Oh, I love that. Was very... I mean, it's not because not because she's not thick. She's she's very far from thick. But why would she bother wanting to know about flipping seed drills? It has no interest or relevance to her own life at all. She doesn't care how they make the money. She just cares that there's a lot of it and she can keep spending it to be Lady Bountiful. Yeah, no, it shows you that there is more to her than that, though, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't believe that, though. I, I, I find well, it really hard to believe that Jenny knows one end of a tractor from the other. But come on, she's been a farmer's wife since the 70s. She grew up in the countryside. You, you know, you're going to have taken in a few things in all that time, aren't yeah. you? But this is a new thing, isn't it? It's a new thing. That's why they're so excited about it. Yeah, but she understood the reason why the new thing was important. <laughs> you know, and, and it just goes goes to That's my point. It's not to call it, shouldn't it? That there's kind of, you know, when it goes all agricultural and none of us understand it. Mm. They ought to just say, I've bought a new thing. Come and see the new thing. The new thing is much better than the old thing. What does it do? I don't know. The new thing is just a new thing. And it's very expensive. It does whatever thing. the old thing did, but in a more efficient and cost-effective manner <laughs> yeah. is all you need to know. And it's got air conditioning, probably, or something mm, like that. Exactly. And probably with GPS, GPS in it as well. Yes. Well, they always say about GPS, don't they? It's yeah. got GPS, you know? <laughs> no, I, I, I love that. I love that. But... um. Are we going to talk about how ridiculous Bruce was? Because if we are later, I won't talk about it now. We can talk about it now and later, if you like. No one's actually mentioned him in the calls, so we'll do it now. Well, so I listened to that. And very obviously, uh, we are supposed to believe... We're supposed to... You know, the, the whole Titchener family backstory... We have had before the how absolutely horrid Mm. uh, Bruce Titchener is. And compared to him, Rob is actually an enlightened new man. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you see the tyranny which is being wrought upon Ursula. Hence, Ursula is the way that she is. Um, But I don't know. But I, I seriously think that all the great writing which has been done and the subtlety and the shades of grey and the nuance and the ambivalence in the whole Rob and Helen storyline, that they've just gone, well, obviously this needs to have started somewhere. 
uh, with somebody being so absolutely venally, disgustingly horrid that they went, right, we're going to spend uh, about 15 seconds fleshing this character <laughs> out. I, I do not believe... <laughs> It that, wasn't so much broad brush as one of those spray things that you get from home base where you can just cover an entire wall in about two seconds. That's what it was. <laughs> I, I know that. And, and obviously, we are supposed to, if not feel sympathy for Rob, at least understand mm. the the environment which he was brought up in, which was to, uh, to disparage women, uh, to marginalise, and actually to hate everybody. Bruce doesn't like anybody. No. It isn't just anti-women. He's quite fond of Bruce, I think. But yes, you know, you, you're right there. You're right there. But I, I struggle to believe if you are that much of a supposedly in your own head alpha male, that your son and heir has been stabbed, that you'd be that selfish, that he was nearly killed, and you just say, "I want you back because the place is a bit of a mess," because they're obviously mm. liquid enough to could afford a cleaner. Mm. He could afford a cleaner and somebody to cook his meals. He could. Yeah, but men like that actually feel, hum- you know, they feel humiliated by not having the woman there. By they hate change. They mm. hate, you know, they actually want. The worst thing you can say about him, it, somebody like that, is, oh, can't control his missus. You know what? When it comes to looking at these the human dynamic within relationships you know you're you're kind of spot on and you 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 throw me um, a perspective on it which I hadn't thought of before so you're probably right but his son was nearly killed and Mm. and I and I just think and and obviously the fact that his son was nearly killed and he still just says you've got to come back now you've got to cook me my meals Mm. you're supposed Mm. to think well just how horrid and selfish this man actually is but I just found it kind of unbelievable yeah i'd still found it unbelievable you know i mean at least with rob there was a smattering he knew he under he had enough empathy to fake charm Mm. when he needed to to get what he wanted Mm. he would still even try and sort of charm helen wouldn't he yeah and but but bruce is just nothing it's just i want this i want he's like a bloody dalek yeah no no absolutely yeah, he's a Dalek. He's the Borg from from Star Trek. He's just absolutely unfeeling, and I don't see how he could have survived as a human being to the age that he has without somebody murdering him. I, I don't believe that such a person would exist at that age. Um, though, interestingly, when he said that Henry was this horrid Frankenstein monster or whatever the expression that he used. I actually yeah. thought that Rob was going to absolutely stand up and uh, for Henry. And there's, you know, a bit of a pause. In he kind did. of did, didn't he? He said, well, I love him. Yeah. Well, and this is the thing, which I go back to when Kerry came on the show. Kerry said, Rob loves Henry. He says, maybe he's seen his own way, but he does. Yeah. And, you know, I've never forgotten that. And he has been horrid to Henry. He's lied to Henry, etc. But in his own way, he actually does love Henry. And you did see it kind of in that scene. And for him, he's looking at the way he was treated as a child. And 
he's got the elements of kind of discipline and respect and you need to respect your elders and whatever but for him he actually does like to spend time with henry which is something we've remarked on before you know mm. i think you're wrong no 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 but no, i'm not wrong right lucy and i'm not saying this <laughs> in that i'm clever no, 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 because we have it from the script writer that one of the dynamics yeah. of the relationship yeah. is, is that Rob, yeah. in his yeah. own way, in parentheses, yes. loves Henry. Yes, but what Rob's own way... Rob, I believe, has narcissistic personality of disorder. Of course, of course he does. And they, those people can't love what they can do. They, they don't see love, they see ownership and control. So when he says, I love Henry, he means he's mine. And I am going to be protective of him because when you are insulting that thing, i.e. Henry, you are also insulting. It's as if you were, you could, he could equally be insulting his car, his job, his house, his choice of partner. I think, I think again, Lucy V. Freeman, there's a large dollop of uh, insight which you've, you've thrown on this. But... Rob has done things for Henry and Rob has demonstrated that he can enjoy moments with Henry so I know uh, but he also tried to kill him that's why he went for it he tried to hit him didn't he loose that's why trust me I'm not defending Rob Titchener per se I'm just saying it's complex that's all I'm saying you know uh, you know Rob, Rob feels as if he has earned something he has earned a child and he has got this child and he does not want to give it up. He does not see Henry as a person or he just sees him as somebody he can mould into mini me and control. Mm. That's not that's not that's not love. That's Rob's version of love. But it's not love that we would think of as parental love. Thank God. Why is you so clever in it, though? All I, I know, know is history and dates. <laughs> And I'm really good at maps and flags. I is good at guessing. I sound (laughs) like it's all a big guess. Mm. Mm. Um, I've got a superpower. Do you know what my superpower is? No, what? I can look at a political map which has been produced in the last 300 years and get it within five years because I know the shapes of countries change. That's my superpower. Other than that, really? Lucy, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm. That's pro- amazing. I'm proper anal. It's a lot like more that. useful than mine. Do you know what mine is? What do you mean? Yours mine... is yours is working out the dynamics of human no. society. You're no, bloody brilliant able... at this thing. That's mine. Mine is being able to guess what someone's going to order on a menu. <laughs> That's rubbish. It's really useless. It's the shittest superpower ever, unless you're a waitress. Well, mm, I don't know about that. There was, um, and I'm, I, I might have mentioned this way back ago. There's a brilliant, it's not free economics, it must be This American Life. Yes, it's This American Life show. And there's this absolute grown up individual who just grew up being obsessed about superheroes. And um, he's a professor now or something. He does something, you know, worthy and, you know, uses his noggin for. And um, and he says that his icebreaker, like a cocktail party, is if you're given a superpower, what would it be? And he says there's two types ah. of people. Guess what they are? Flying and being invisible. There you go. Right. And he said, you know. Really? Yeah, that's exactly it. Oh. He says 99% of people will say what, what one of the two. 
And and he goes into the psychology of what that says yeah, about so that's, you. Yeah, that's ego and um, extrovert and introvert, isn't it? Exactly. All right. And mine has always been. I'm I'm the I'm the one percent in this. I'm. The, <laughs> I'm, of course you are, Roy. Well, no, 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 but you've said it as well. I want the ability to read minds because yeah. you'd be a millionaire within a nanosecond. Yeah. And it's exactly it, what you've just said. Because you is clever. <laughs> and insightful. On menu-based <laughs> <laughs> But it's not it. true. Your superpower is actually the ability to make people laugh. And on that point... Lucy V. Freeman, I think we should go to the caller in us because yeah. we don't have many this week, uh, no. but the ones that we have, we should cherish. <laughs> Hello, Ambridge 3962. Andrew Horn. Andrew Horn. Greetings Earthlings, Andrew Horn here with three observations on the last week in Ambridge. First of all, we found out that Max is married to Belinda and runs a farm. So Tichinov's hatred of his brother isn't because he's gay, um, but maybe it's because he got the family farm. Perhaps that's what it is. Um, secondly, Pip. Now, I've been struggling to defend Pip recently, Um but I have something in her favour here. If she's going to get involved with the player, Toby, then at least she should make sure that she is doing as much of the playing as he is and uh, establishing the rules of engagement and that the booty call is when she wants it and not when he wants it. Um, I did enjoy uh, hearing that. So uh, keep it up, Pip, um, and uh, just don't get yourself dancing to his tune all the time. And then finally, I did think Friday's uh, ending, the ending for the week, was rather melodramatic with all the, not just the rain, but the uh, ominous rumbling of thunder as uh, Arsula exited into the distance, um, ushering in the reign of Tichinov's sole control uh, of Henry and uh, the opportunity to uh, complete his uh, journey to the dark side. Anyway... Um, I'm probably not going to call him for the next few weeks, but I will keep listening and hope you all have a lovely time. Bye. Hello, Dumpty Dum. Steve here. Um, just a couple of things. I'm enjoying the Friends with Benefits sagas from both ends of the age spectrum with Lillian and Justin and Pip and Toby. Quite a refreshing sort of change from the high drama of Tichinob and Helen. Yeah, it's quite a it's going quite well actually. I'm quite enjoying it. I think you meant Miles Love, not Max. Max is Anna Trigoran's possibly lesbian other half that isn't anymore. Um so Miles is married to Belinda, which blows the Miles is gay theory out of the water. Um Nah, I could just be in the closet. Yeah. That's quite a closet, though, isn't it? Being married and having children and running a farm together. Wouldn't be the first. Uh, oh, no, she did something else. No, I know it wouldn't be the first. Um, well, Andrew, I don't know I don't know why you say keep it up, Pip. As far as I can see, she's practically holding it up. She hasn't left Toby alone for about <laughs> three days. Uh, but, you know, I'm really... I'm, I'm, I'm pleased and... Steve, no, he, Steve says about the, 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 the Friends with Benefits thing. We've got Toby and Pip and Lillian and Justin. Mm-hmm. I hadn't made and, that link. I thought it was very clever. No, I hadn't. 
But it's very good. But I think the reason I haven't made that link is because I feel a lot happier about Pip and Toby than I do about Lily and Justin. Mm. But I get told off every time I talk about that. No, no, no. No, to give you your due, and as many other listeners have remarked, there is uh, a power dynamic. And I would say that's more sham, you know, that old social secretary and all of that, than it is actually real. You know, it's not as if she is... Yeah, Pip and Toby are equals, aren't they? Yeah, 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 in in every way, shape or form. Whereas, you know, there is, at least on on, on the face of it, uh, Lillian and Justin aren't. So, no, I understand that, you know, uncomfortableness with with their knockings that are going on. (laughs) Uh, You're the Steve? Stephen Perkins, yeah. Mm -hmm. Hello, Dumpty Dum. Uh, It's Stephen Perkins here. Um, It's been a bit of a while since I called in, actually, uh, mostly because I've not had a lot to say lately and everyone else has been far more um, articulate and uh, inspired than I could possibly hope to be. So I've just enjoyed listening for a bit. Uh, And the moment I'm in the middle of making a chilli for dinner, which is currently simmering away, and I'm trying not to think too much about Susan and Neil as I make it and and when I'm eating it. I just wanted to talk about the Grundies this week. Um, I, I, I love the Grundies. I've got a lot of affection for them, but I find myself very disappointed in them, or at least very disappointed in uh, Joe and Eddie this week. Um, Oliver and Caroline have, have been so good to them over the past few months when they were uh, so desperate for somewhere to live. And the fact that we've now got Joe and Eddie uh, actively trying to sabotage the sale of, of Grange Farm and even just being so happy whenever there's bad news about the sale of, of the farm, I can't help thinking that reflects really badly on them. Um, they keep saying about the fact that Oliver and Caroline can afford to lose money on the property, but I think it's, it's not really about that. It's about, you know, the fact that Oliver and Caroline were so good to them and they're showing such what feels like total ingratitude to them for it now. And I'm just, I'm really disappointed in that. I thought they were both better than that. Um, That's it, really. Thank you very much. Grundy's being ungrateful. I think, I think, Mr P, you're potentially onto something there. Uh, But we've got to remember that as far as Joe Grundy's concerned, this is their ancestral, spiritual and actual home. The fact that yeah, they haven't been absolutely. living there um, is yeah. just temporary, as far as he was concerned. Yeah, um, and even Eddie will still talk about it in in very sort of mm. proprietorial terms, won't yeah. he? Though, as if it's sort of an oversight that they're not still living there. Exactly. Though I would say that because Eddie is younger and has got a little bit more perspective that, than Joe, that Eddie should be much more obviously um, thankful to Caroline and Oliver. I will give you that. But you know, Joe he was born there. So as yeah. far as he's concerned, it's his. Yeah. Know. So, but do, I, but I do, do hear you, think, you, sir. What do you think of my crackers theory? That crackers, Lucy. The, the water leaking into Grange Farm is something to do with the diverted culvert, and that that's how well, they'll find initially it. Initially, I rubbished it, but they're making such a thing about it, and this surveyor coming out or whatever that there's obviously more to it because you know they, they wouldn't have mentioned it the three or four times that they have without it being some plot device of some sort i'm going to look up ambridge map and i'm going to see Mm. if lucy yeah you've had a week i know to do this why why do it now pennsylvania i think i knew that i think i did i didn't because they've got a little archer society there as well Really? Yes, yeah, it's all ringing some kind of bells. But when we started doing Dumpty Dum, I did bump into this. Ah. Oh, I can't work this out. Oh, I'm crap at maps. 
No, forget it. Someone else can do it and tell me. Um, um, Sean, Sean Geraghty's going to tell me off about this. But uh, do you know that I do um, a podcast, I produce a podcast for the New Statesman, which is about cities and maps? Do you? Yeah. I, knew, I knew you did one about the New Statesman. I didn't know it was about cities and maps. Well, fundamentally, it's about urbanism. Um, ah. It's all about cities. And they have a section which is kind of map of the week, uh, which is um, really interesting considering it's a podcast where they talk about the map of the week and why, why the map, that map is particularly good. But um, yeah, so it's so called you... Skylines, um, if anyone's interested. Go on, do you do you use your superpower for that podcast then? <laughs> and look well, at all the different... invariably, for the most part, the maps aren't really political ones. Though oh, they had, they did have this one um, a couple of weeks ago, which is the true size of countries, because um, with the kind of the general because uh, like the Mercator projection is the, the 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 kind of the map of the world which we're most kind of familiar with. And as you will know, Juicy Loose, that the further you move away from the equator, it has to distort the size of the country so they actually fill the map. Because obviously, the, you know, the world is, is spherical, not flat and rectangular. So you have Greenland looking absolutely massive and, and bigger than Australia when it's nowhere near the size of Australia because Greenland is close to the pole. It's further away from the equator. So on this specific map on this website, you can actually drag the countries over other ones. So you'll see that Texas is literally as big as all of Western Europe, but it doesn't look like it is on the map, and um, and that's just good fun. And it's the, mm. so the uh, the show's called Skylines. But sorry, Sean Garrity, because uh, it sounds like the Roy Ford show. So look, back to the Archers. So uh, mm, uh, where are we? No idea. Can't remember where we are now. Oh, that's right. Grange Farm. They think that Grange Farm is their farm. Yeah, and I was going on about the culvert and whether yes, or not. Yes, and you couldn't because work out whether it was anywhere near. It must the, be the a thing, mustn't it? Because it is, it is because it's just gone on too far, uh, too long. Um, unless it's going to be, what it could be is just something which makes that the the selling of Grange Farm is just you know untenable, and that they'd have to you know take such a hit because there is this geological uh, yeah. fault somehow. So it could well. Oh, it'll be. So... Don't wasn't there some storyline about a spring because yes, they wanted there to was. start selling Ambridge Bridge, Grange Farm water or something. And we didn't. So I'm. I'm could be getting all of my geological um, little clues all mixed up. But remember, the Am ran brown, and Joe had never seen it or burnt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Never yeah. seen it do that. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Hmm. We're getting to the bottom of the culvert, <laughs> where we find the folded-up body of a Latvian agricultural worker. Was he Latvian? Possibly. I've no idea. Can't you remember. can't lump all used to your Eastern Europeans together, you know. I know. S- smacks Sorry, of racism. Europeans. <laughs> yes. <sighs> um, Riga's very pretty, by the way. Is it? Yeah, yeah. I went there about five years ago beautiful it's stunningly beautiful i was really surprised it's very uh baltic and, and scandinavian which culturally is where those baltic countries you know culturally it's actually what they are but i, I was absolutely stunned because i thought it was going to be very much uh, you know soviet era flats you couldn't be further from the truth beautiful place riga well there you go um have you noticed that pip's delivery is changing hmm. again loose 
this is another one of your superpowers because you're much more attuned and sometimes i'd say you're you know overly attuned to the subtleties and nuance of uh, human interaction that you actually absolutely listen to the way that people speak and the nuance and the idioms and and i just don't hear that stuff so if you tell me her delivery is changing it is and maybe she's becoming i don't are you saying she's becoming a little bit younger sounding a bit more playful she's becoming well she's more arch because she's going through this ridiculous kind of so what are you doing sort of thing um (laughs) and but also she's kind of she's getting a bit sharper and a bit funnier Mm. i don't know whether that was maybe that could be possibly a sort of a reaction to everyone going oh my god thanks pip you know but she's getting a lot easy i'm finding anyway when she's not doing the to be thing she's um she's a lot easier to listen to she's at, she's a lot more mm. interesting than ruth well it's going to be more when she takes over brookers if she can wrestle it off josh um she's going to be a lot more interesting well she will won't she there's no there's no two ways about it that she's going to be the fourth generation of of archer running something who's going to be you know a woman in control you know as as we have Theresa may uh we will have pip archer uh, you know running things as they say yeah (laughs) um and Josh seems to have uh, calmed down and has started, seems to have learned his lesson, doesn't he, the little git? Well, you can't you can't have learned his lesson that fast. Though it was the dressing down he gave Toby. Yeah. You know, respect to you, little Archer. Yeah. Did he or call the, him a pillock or something? Something like that. But, yeah. but he did take him take him to pieces in, in, in a in a very kind of grown up and systematic and uh, thought out way. It wasn't just like, you're a lazy ass. You know, yeah. You know, it's absolutely, and he said, because your brother can't say, I will. Yeah. You know, he said, for whatever reason. Yeah. And we all went, what reason? It's bloody Brighton again. <laughs> <laughs> We're back at Brighton. Um, last call was Jane. Hello, Dumpty Dum and all the Dumpty Dummers out there. My name is Jane, Lagadoo123 on Twitter. I'm actually a second time caller in error, but the first time was so long ago that it was before you introduced all the rules. I'm a translator by trade, French to English, and I live in Wall's End in the northeast of England. I started listening to the archers in about 1997 when Kirsty and Tom were in trouble for damaging the GM crops, and I was within reach of Radio 4 for the first time in a number of years. What I wanted to call about was an oversight in the elderflower cordial price index. It's always assumed that all elderflower cordials are equal, but they are not. The well-established brands, Bottle Green and Belfar, as well as some supermarket-owned brands, are to be diluted 10 to 1. But there are now some upstart brands that look the same, only slightly cheaper. Unless you read the small print and discover that they are to be diluted 4 to 1. False economy alert. All elderflower cordials are not equal. Jane wins the award for second time caller in who's listened and paid attention to all the rules and started again as if she was a first time caller in mm. She's very, I've remembered every single one of the rules. Well done, um, Jane. But she has caused havoc in the elderflower retail price index market now, because now we've got a completely unequal one. It's mm. gone very unstable. Not it was struggling all to elderflower cope... cordials are created equally. Jane, it was struggling to cope with Brexit, and now you've just thrown another spanner in the in the in the works. Quite mm. frankly, because it, it, we've now got a weak, a weak elderflower cordial retail price market, which is terrible. Mm. Um, but thank you very much for calling in. 
and call in again once can, it's le- can, once the price index has leveled can I, out. Can I can I just be honest and say that when I heard that call, I snorted and something came through my nose. I, I laughed. Ah! <laughs> it kind of came out of nowhere. I laughed so hard yeah. and so unexpectedly. So thanks for that, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's just, it was just like, New York, <laughs> Nigel, what have you started here? You know, no, it's very funny. Have you, seen, have you seen Twitter? Of course you've seen Twitter. All the pictures of it, when people are sending them saying, here is some Belderflower cordial I'm having. I don't know how much it costs because it was free. <laughs> sending us the pictures anyway. Yeah. I'm still laughing at the black market um, Elderflower cordial that someone's mum was making. You know? <laughs> What, the, the one where they'd put all the chopped up elderflowers yes, on the yes, shopping yes. board and someone else said, can you smoke that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, mm. uh, that is the end of Ye Calls. However, mm-hmm. we have had an email and this may possibly be one of my favourite Dumpty Dum emails ever. Not in Ooh. a funny way, but just in a generally loveliness way. Okay, cool. It is from Christine who says, it's called The Importance of the Archer's Theme Tune. My husband was an Archer's listener for as much of his life as possible, and our three children grew up with the soundtrack to their early evenings being Barwick Green. Each in their turn joined in the silly dance around the house, led by Dad, fingers waving in the air, dumpty-dumming at the tops of their voices. The neighbours were convinced of our family's total lunacy. When Roger died very suddenly at the beginning of 2015, we had to make many decisions while planning his funeral. The one thing we had no difficulty with was the recessional music. It had to be Barwick Green. I think that many in the packed church were a bit confused when the strains of Dumpty Dum rang out. Those who knew Roger well grinned broadly, and our younger daughter and I only just managed to restrain ourselves from dancing out, waving fingers in the air. The vicar was a little surprised when we broke into a light prance as we got outside the church. Roger would have loved it, and we knew he was dancing in heaven, waving his finger in the air. Barwick Green for National Anthem. We will teach the nation to dance. Aww. Lovely. Absolutely lovely. I love the idea of people galloping out of the church to... <laughs> yes. Um, on that note, I think it is time for us to take a little brief uh, sojourn to, uh, to coffee and tea. And why don't you, dear listener, also do that? And uh, we'll see you the other side with a touch of Midi Bell. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. 
so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. And Lucy V. Freeman's tweets of the last seven days that have the hashtag The Archers attached to them. When you don't have a roof over your head. Build that wall. Build that wall. There was Build nothing marked wall. classified on my wall. emails, Build either sent or received. Build that wall. I Build am wall. humbled Build to have been wall. chosen by Build the Conservative Party Build to become its leader. Britain is just a small island that no one pays attention to. A former colony won the right to determine its own destiny. Hello and welcome to Mid-Atlantic, the show where we look at the news and the views from one side of the ocean from the perspective of the other. Do you have a National Trust sticker on your car? Do you think you could be best friends with Kath Kidson? Do you spend hours wandering around the airport looking for an organic quinoa cafe because you refuse to go to Burger King? Then Sarah Smith Cloths are for you. Available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. I've just had a look at the Dumpty Dum shop. They've got no tracksuits, but they do do t-shirts, which are very flattering. Nice if you want to show off your figure a little bit. Nick couldn't carry one off, of course, but I can. Good day, everyone. Another great week on our social media. If you have been involved with dumptydum.com, our forums, you may have been involved with discussing Pit Love Life that Sean Garrity started, or you might have been involved with Witherspoon McCosh Wilson's discussion on an ode to Beverly Drains. Uh, maybe you were involved with just discussing brews, which was started by Dusty Substances. Um, and another fun thing this week was the Archer's Clary Hughes, which was started by Mike Hatton. And I had to look that up and it's a, a type of poem, quite short, uh, not like one of birds, obviously. Um, and Odd Things this week, which was started by Miss Mid-City. Uh, on our Facebook page, we had a couple of discussions. One was, uh, we just wondered uh, whether there were any suggestions for village fake stalls. And as usual, you were very funny. Uh, Sarah's Woods Rockall suggested Spice of Life. 
an adult-only stall for sexy seniors keen to pep up their fumbles and frolics. It would be manned by Justin and Lillian and would stock ample supplies of Spanish fly, horny goat weed, illustrated manuals and tantalising tinctures loaded with gin. Uh, Denise Tomlinson said a treasure hunt where on the map is the hidden body. Winning guest gets tuna bake for two. <laughs> Kate Swift said a ducking stall for Rob with maybe a fatal drowning. That way the fate could turn into a three-day celebration. Uh, Valerie Bailey said the most expensive egg and spoon race. Tracy Shevin said knife throwing on a spinning wheel. Lots of fabulous, fabulous suggestions. We also had a quick discussion about Bruce. Uh, Terry Gardner said no Bruce risks making us feel sorry for the other two and Rob is now sounding like he cares for Henry rather than just using him as a tool to torture the archers which was a very interesting perspective I thought Alison Molyneux Johnson said plot prediction or bleeding obvious uh, Ursula goes home to dastardly Bruce and Henry ends up back with Granny Pat and Grandpa Tony John Roberts says, got to say that I bloody love Bruce. He gives with one hand and calls your stepson a freak of nature from a test tube with the other. Love him. <laughs> also with Ursula gone, can't patent Tony's petition that there's been a significant change in his care arrangements uh, to get more time with Henry. Best character since Beverly Drains, RIP. Very funny, John. Uh, Kate Wood says, I didn't think anyone else could make me yell at the radio apart from Rob until Bruce arrived. Must admit, uh, my 12-year-old was yelling at the radio. She's taken to listening to the podcast on her own uh, when she takes the dogs for a walk uh, around the paddocks around here. And she comes back and tells me what she thinks. And she had a lot to say about Bruce. Uh, Joan Smith said that Bruce is her new favourite character. Anyone who can, ses- can successfully shut down Rob is A-OK in her books. Fair enough. So lots and lots more in that vein. You are really a very amusing lot. So I hope other people get involved. Interesting to note that we have a we have a reach of about twelve hundred on most of our uh, posts, and we have uh, in this week it was fourteen hundred and seventy, which is interesting because we only have one one thousand two hundred and eighty eight people who actually like the page, including three newcomers this week. Welcome! Uh, so I just wonder where those extra likes go to. I wonder if you're sharing them, and I don't know. Anyway, enough of me wittering. Until next week, uh, you can get involved either on the uh, forum or on. Uh, Facebook as you know and I look forward to speaking with you on either of those so until next week hooroo thank you Millie Bell uh, Juicy Loose mm-hmm. um, can you whack us around our noggins with some excellent witty tweets thank you very much um Nozilla 63 mm-hmm. uh, said this was about um, the, uh, the 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 snoggage uh, Pip Snuggage. and Pip and, uh, and Toby. <laughs> um, she said, "No, it's not thunder. It's Twitter en masse en route to Ambridge to separate Pip and Toby." <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was slightly icky. And uh, Paul Dishman, he just—it was such a schoolboy remark. It really made me laugh. Paul Dishman just tweeted, tongues." <laughs> <laughs> All this and more. This was uh, about the, uh, the the birthday poem for Rex. Um, he's all this and more said, Bert, write a poem about Bruce. I'll get you started. Shit and git rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and John Reed had Linda at the uh, Fate Committee meeting, uh, saying, "We've got we've got the usual attractions: barn burning, husband stabbing. Guess the height of the death plunge." <laughs> <laughs> And my tweet of the week is from Marmaduke. And Marmaduke uh, said, when they were talking about, when when Adam managed to say Dosvidanya or whatever it was, uh, she said, Adam can say, come in the polytunnel in 17 languages. (laughs) That's naughty. (laughs) What do you reckon is going to happen? Because Ian seems to have imploded and disappeared. Because he's just, you know, he's been in it once. He hasn't been to visit Helen. He's kind of seems to be, just be sidelined. He's like he's been wrapped up in cling film somewhere and he can't eat or move. I mean, talk or move. Is there going to... Because I still think, mind you, mm. I keep saying, I keep coming up with all these alternatives for what is actually going to be the breakthrough thing that gets Rob. Um, I don't mean in terms of Helen, because that would be the rape thing. But I mean, how 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 he kind of... How he's brought down in the estimation of the of the village... Um, you know, information that's made public. Uh, and it will either be the culvert or will it be, Ad- you know, Adam and Ian? But then it can't be, can it? Because because if Ian says, look, it's not fair, Rob uh, told my husband that I was, you know, he's not, no one's going to have the moral high ground there, are they? Rob told my husband that I was, you know, shagging around. It's hardly going to convert anybody to disliking Rob. They're just going to start thinking, well, you're a bit of a tosser then, aren't you, Adam? Hmm. It's just that story like that's not resolved that at all. It's kind of been parked. There's loads of storylines that are just parked in a car park and they've all got their engines running. It's like a dogging car park. That's what it's like. <laughs> um, and nobody's moving. You know, they're all just there and you know they're there and you're thinking, are you moving out? Are you got your reverse lights on? No, no, you're just sitting there. Okay, right. But you still don't feel like they're completely gone or finished because they're all still there with the engines running. Mm. I, I I did say this a couple of weeks ago that and I know there's only fundamentally two characters that truly gossip on this show Susan and Linda though Linda does it in in a, a very much like you know I, I'm not gossiping way and then will you know actually can you, somebody can take them in can take Linda completely into their confidence etc etc which we talked about you know, well over a year ago or so. But considering so many people actually have a beef with Rob, you'd have thought that Adam over a sandwich would have said to Tom, I never liked that fucker. And, yeah. you know, there's this and there was that. And then for Tom <laughs> to go, you know what? I never liked him either. <laughs> yes. You know, they've had, they did a whole episode where the the backstory was to it that Tom's under pressure because his sister is in prison. And at no point did they both discuss the fact that they both disliked the man. Just in a very casual way, over a sandwich and a beer in the tractor or whatever, wherever the hell they were. You know, because that's the reason why Tom was under pressure and he, were, and he appreciated Adam slightly taking him to one side and just giving him five minutes just to breathe. And at no point... Did they talk about Ambridge cricket and the fact that Rob's a shit? Now, yeah. what I'm slightly struggling with is, and listeners have said this over and over, that you know, actually, where is Kathy? 
and, and and as you would say, she should be just a voice off. I've just come off the phone to Kathy. You know, Kathy's going to take me out for a, a coffee tomorrow, just so I can unwind Tony. That yeah. type of thing. Where's that? And surely, 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 Ian would be. Wait a minute. This woman was my best friend. Okay. Yeah. Um, I can kind of understand now that she might be might be manipulated into uh, telling Rob what she saw, then Rob telling me she stabbed the man. I need to go see her. I need to at least write her a letter, send her an email. Some th- oh come on, right? Yeah. If we're yeah. truly supposed to believe that these relationships had the depth that they had, <laughs> somebody like Ian, who's a good bloke. Yeah. Would at least, you know, even if Helen just said, oh, my God, Kaz, what, you know, what, Helen? I got a letter from, from Ian. Yeah. He used to be my best friend. He hasn't spoken to me for months. And then she starts sobbing. Then you'd go, OK, yeah. I believe it. Yeah. That friendship but didn't, didn't meant something. didn't at one something. point, was he, wasn't he supposed to go in to see her at one point? I thought he was. If he was, um, that that was lost on me. But, but what did he, he say... No, he sent us. He sent us some flowers or something. Did he? For a birthday. Birthday? I might have dreamt all this. Ignore it. Carry on. Well, if he if he has, I stand corrected. But still, I thought somebody like Ian would have done more. Would have turned yeah. up. Oh, and you know the and before the bean counters at the Beeb go, we just cannot afford Ian Craig to turn up. Because that means that the actor we need to pay him, right? You know, you just do it as a oh, Ian saw me, came to see me yesterday. Or, you know, Dad, I got a, a note saying that Ian wants to see me next week. Something, come on. Yeah, 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 I agree. Yeah. Uh, Lucy. Yes. The, you know what, I like them when they're brief. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Nice, tight, short, brief Like show. your episodes like you like your women. Short, brief. No, 12 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> 12 minutes long, six. It's like times a week. That's where I like my women. <laughs> and if you uh-huh. like your women in such a fashion or in these sexually uh, liberated times, let's say your partner in such a fashion, why don't you go on to dumdydum.com, go onto our forum and tell us how you like your partner, how long and how often. Uh, but do it in a much more uh, considered and smart way than Lucy and I just have. That's dumdydum.com forward slash forum. It's awesome. Oh. Go there. There's also a shop. You can buy stuff. I actually haven't looked and seen who's bought anything recently, but I will for the next show. And then we can do that lovely bit that Lucy likes where I read out the fact that people have bought T-shirts and stuff. And she goes, yeah, oh, especially God. in what size and what they're made of. I've That's never great. said the size. That's you. <laughs> but it, it always appears on the thing. So and so in large. Yeah, but I, ne- I never... <laughs> <laughs> but I never once have said that so-and-so has bought a dum-de-dum tea mug in a large. Right. No. Anyway, we do have a shop, so go there, buy some stuff, which has got our logo all over it. iTunes reviews. Now, iTunes is really important, folks, because it means that we go up the uh, the rankings of podcasts, and it means that more people get to see our show. So please write us a review on iTunes if you haven't done or done so already. Um, we have some 250-odd uh, reviews and ratings in the UK store alone, and, I don't know, some 30-odd in the US, and it's just awesome, and then others around the world. From Blighty, Jane N10, Archers, hit Bullseye. What? Hits. Ah, the from Blighty, Jane N10, Archers, Hits, Bullseye. This is a podcast for those who love the Archers. 
for more than 12 minutes a day. Cedarmaster. I don't love anything for more more than 12 minutes a day, That's apart from true. cups of tea. I was going to say, Sorry. yeah, you got your, your moment in Radio 4 Law, haven't you? Kind of. Oh, yes, I need to plug that. Can I mm. plug it? Yeah, go on. Can you all, sorry, sorry about this. I feel cringy now. Can you all go onto the Radio 4 homepage, bbc.co.uk forward slash Radio 4, and there's a little cartoony thing, and it only goes on for about two and a half minutes, so don't worry, you won't you won't be missing a huge chunk of your life. Um, and it's called How to Make a Cup of Tea, and it's by me. And if you click on it, then I will get to do some more of them. And they're quite fun. So do, please. Thank you very much. My son listened to it and, and he said, why didn't you why didn't you mention us? I said, how could I mention you, William? And he said, well, it's not very interesting if you don't mention us. <laughs> I said, right, fine. Uh, right, ne- sorry, carry on. Next review is from Cedarmaster. Used to be really good, but it's just lately turning into the Royfield Brown show. Sorry Ooh, about that, Mr. Mr. Sean Geraghty. No, Luce, give him his due. I have I banged on about Brexit. I just lost my head about it. Then there was my mom. Then there was the uh, my foghorn leghorn impression of an American accent when I met the judge last week and we became pals. I have gone off on one, uh, Mr. Sean Garrity, Cedarmaster, and um, I'm suitably chastened. And uh, you're an important part of our archers' listenership. And um, yes, so there you go. Hmm. But from me. Anyway, <laughs> Bunny Babes says, I bloody love this show. It's very nice. John C. Jelly. Thank you, India Knight, for the steer. Love the banter, Lucy's roundups, and everything, really. And from the colony that got away, Morgan NYNY says, Yes, Royfield, we do listen to the end of the show. Now, folks, if you'd like to help us to keep our little podcast, um, kind of keep. Well, help us keep it in fine fettle. There are a couple of ways this can be done. Uh, first off, you can donate by hitting the donate button on the site. Now, um, note here, folks. Last month, dear Patreon listeners, before Lucy goes on and talks about Patreon, um, I forgot to charge you all. Um, so what that means, <laughs> folks, is that you'll be double charged this month coming. Yay! So <laughs> you have a dumpty dum payment <laughs> holiday. something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. So I will put this in an email to you all. Um, I'm really sorry. Hopefully it won't uh, knacker up your finances too much. But um, June only having 30 days just messed me up. I was, I was waiting for the 31st. And of course, the 31st of June never comes, which is normally when I bill. And uh, But anyway, so you'll get two this month. Won't happen again. Thank you very much, please. But anyway, Lucy, what the hell are we talking about? Why don't you tell people about Patreon.com now? You can go to Patreon.com, search for Dumpty Dum, and you can donate $2 a show, which is about £1 nothing. <laughs> Remember to get in contact. Uh, you can either send us a voice message via SpeakPipe, which is on our site, little red tab over on the right, or you can call us on zero two zero three zero three one three one zero five to leave us a message via a phone. Remember those phones? They're awesome. Um, now, if you want to find us on social media, specifically the Twitters, so we are at Dumpty Dum. Me, I'm at Royfield. Sarah Smith is at Sarah underscore Smith, and Harriet is at Shambridges. Also, we're on that other kind of bastion of social media that is the Book of Face, and uh, you can just go onto the Book of Face and just kind of like us, and uh, you can just join. If you type in Dumpty Dum. You'll find there are 
well, I don't know, loads of people. I was going to say 2,000, but that's not true. 1,300 odd uh, liking people who sometimes lurk and sometimes comment, and it's just awesome. And Millie Bell is uh, good at c- keeping you all in line. So there you go. So that's <laughs> Facebook, social media. Oh. End of the show. End of the show. Mm. I've got to go and do a school leaving party now and a meeting of the an extraordinary general meeting of the of the of the school governing body. Mm. And we're going to be an incredibly hot hall listening to lots of eleven year olds jumping around to uptown funk in the next room. <laughs> And we'll have to sit on chairs so small that they put you in the sort of position you end up when you're having a smear test. Oh. And um, they give you warm orange barley water to drink. No, no elderflower cordial. Yeah, no, this is a state school. We don't have elderflower cordial. Do, can you imagine how excited I am at this prospect? And it is about 180 gazillion degrees as well. It's been rather hot in portland this weekend i went to a wedding has it yeah did you and actually the wedding was in washington state so just over the state boundaries two beautiful women got married i was guest of a cousin of uh, rebecca the bride and oh it was just lovely it was in an old big barn um it was just the whole thing was just beautiful and it's just Aww. one of those things where you just go crumbs you know it was uh the right amount of tears from parents, right amount of just like it's too much, and it looks like genuine sorrow and no, regret. No, it's just, and just, it, was, it, was, it was just just enough. Of course, there was one uh, one drunken brother who said slightly inappropriate things on the mic. There it's were the it, 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 hmm? oh no 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 just Joel oh, just uh, he just obviously got a little bit of a problem with, with the source. He was just just to everybody uh, in general. Uh, then okay. there were just enough kids running around and stuff looking cute. It was the absolute perfect uh, wedding. And uh, it was so... Was, was so there a be... woman in a horrible dress sitting in the corner crying? It <laughs> has to be that. <laughs> um, you know what? As horrible dresses go, this was a very smartly turned out bunch of people. Right. That's why no one was crying. It's normally the clothes that make you cry. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, there was. It's you've, had, you've had to wear hurty shoes all day. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of standing up, and some poached salmon, and so much booze you could you could sink a ship. And instead, you're trying to eat little tiny mini me bits of pavlova and thinking this is not going to sop anything up. I actually need probably some roast potatoes or something. Well, there was there was oodles of food. Mm-hmm. Though there was some kerfuffle about the division between... Because I've never heard of this before. So you go to a buffet, right? And you have your veggie op- option, your meat option, and a fish option. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, right. And you can mix it up, can't you? You can yeah. go, I want a bit of chicken, a bit of salmon. Thank you very much, please. And, and you walk off. But they were like, no. Not on the same plate. Oh, come on, Lucy. Of course you can. It's a buffet. You can just yeah. keep it yeah. all on. Listen, I'm not no. saying it's dining etiquette, but I'm just saying when it's a buffet, it's a free-for-all. But they were like, no, if you have the chicken, here are the vegetables that go with the chicken, and you cannot mix it up. Oh. I've no- Exactly. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. It's not crazy. It's quite bossy, isn't it? Very authoritarian, 
I found it. Right. <laughs> Very nanny statish. You know, don't you dare <laughs> presume to tell me what food I'm put on my plate. Potato salad goes with the salmon. Thank you. <laughs> and then the other thing which I did notice, it took me some time to notice, but you know, I was saying. I hope whoever's wedding this is isn't listening. No, I think I'm going to say that's more the fault of the caterers than mm-hmm. the people who kind of, you yeah. know. Yeah. So, and the other because, and the other thing, and it took me some time to notice this. But remember, I said that you know this the extremely well turned out set of people. Yes. No hats. Not right. one hat. So I know hats are kind of slowly dying out, and it's generally the older type of like you know middle mm-hmm. age and up, which all go to a wedding in a, in a big old hat in the UK. Zero hats, so they don't do hats in the west coast of america at weddings at all and it felt slightly like i would say the 1980s in terms of the gender divide when it came to dancing on the dance floor it was just women all the men and and it has to be said this was, it was a, just women and you and a couple of gay men because it, it was a gay wedding in the background saying you'll never dance as well as me <laughs> But it, this was a, this was fundamentally was was a white wedding, and I know there weren't that many men because it was maybe seventy five percent women at this this wedding, because it was a female gay wedding. But still, the men that were there, you know, the fathers and the uncles, just resolutely refused to go anywhere near that dance floor, which I thought was, oh. you know, in the UK we, we we mix it up a bit, you know. The men they'll have a few drinks, then they'll get on the dance floor, won't they? But uh, not in America. Like, no, nope. no, hang on a minute though. Were they mostly white? Yes. Well, there you go then. No, but I think younger, and I think this all come about through kind of dance music and stuff. Yeah, but you but said younger dance and uncle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, I did, I did, I did, I did. But there was, other than a couple of gay men, there was no white men dancing at all. It was all women all night long, which I just, you know, and the, all these big American men just kind of stood around, you know, talking about mm. Donald Trump and whatever. And right. you, know, you spot these little subtle cultural differences but my father's know. my father's generation at weddings that, that, that all the men were standing in a group and they'd have beer everyone mm-hmm. else would be having whatever and they'd have sort of real whatever real ale or barrel thing and they'd spend the first half of the wedding talking about how they all got there mm-hmm. which roads they yes. took to got there, oh, get there. I'll tell and you then they'd about all, how i got then there. they'd all argue about about whether or not that was the right thing and then they all they spent the second half talking about how they were going to go home again and the odd joke that was it well i tell you those conversations, Lucy, and again, good on you to be able to spot that kind of trope of, of a wedding. Because as soon as you say it, you go, oh, yes, of course. Was the, was the A1 snarled up for you? Oh, no, I took yeah. the A111. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you A1? I'm not. How mad are you? Of course I Oh, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? I got in a car which drove itself. We got in a Tesla. One of these new angled electric cars with the autopilot and um wow so yeah they keep they keep um, crashing into things don't well they? i don't know about keep there's been one one fatality yes and two accidents and one fatality yeah this thing has gold wing doors it is a sight to behold so the car in and of itself from the outside it looks pretty no- it looks like a nice car but you wouldn't think oh wow it's a spaceship which is actually what it is it is the future 
And but you get inside, and the displays, computer displays, just all over the place. And then you open the the passenger side doors, and it, the gull wing, so they just rise up from the top. And then you realise that the uh, windscreen just goes all the way way past your head. So it's in front of you, goes way past your head, goes halfway back down the car. It's just wowzer. And so you know, and invariably you say, "So who's he's got the autopilot?" And he goes, "Yeah." And he hits a little button and takes his hand off the wheel. And he just well, says, there oh, you go. And then, and then you scream and go, for God's sake, man, don't trust well, it. You do oh. feel nervous. Oh, You God. do feel a little bit nervous. I felt like I was in a roller coaster at a fun fair. You know, it sort of goes <laughs> jerking off on its own. Well, <laughs> he only did it on the freeway, on the motorway, when we're going, going in a straight line. But it will easily go round corners. And also he indicated, and then the car just went into the next lane. But for it to work, oh it needs God. to be it needs to be on a road with you know clear markings, with markings you know so it divides it divides the lanes up. Well, so, that just talking about that has made me feel so nervous. I actually feel a bit sick. That sounds just <laughs> no, Lucy. I tell especially you, especially because I frequently indicate without meaning to, or indicate <laughs> the wrong way. And if I did that, the bloody thing would be off, wouldn't it? Well, no, the car's clever enough. That if you indicate, so if you're in, in the fastest lane and you indicate to go into a lane which doesn't exist, it won't go. Good. The, it, the car does go, hmm, that's nonsensical. <laughs> so again, if you're in the slow lane and you indicate to go, God, I'm getting my lesson rights mixed up because I'm in America now, so it's the other way. So if you're in the slow lane and you indicate to go left in the UK, it wouldn't go onto the hard shoulder. Do you know what I just thought when you said that? I thought, blimey, is left and right different in America? <laughs> <laughs> It's still the same left and right, but cars drive on the other side of the road over here, Lucy. So I was trying to make sense of, what, sense of this for our British listeners, so to speak. But, oh. um, but no, it, it, it was very interesting and it was quite, quite exciting. And as I say, this thing will easily navigate corners and it drives it and it knows the speed limit of roads. And you can... You, it will basically drive like five miles under the speed limit, and oh, it's just you can, you can wrestle control back off it again. Can't yeah, you, you, you just flick a little button. Yeah. And also, what it does do, because it it doesn't say right. Actually, we're in autopilot, so just go off and do whatever you want to do. Every three minutes, it will actually remind you and say, "Put your hands back on the wheel," so you don't need to fall asleep. Right. Which I thought was. It was very clever. But of course, you know, you put in your destination and actually the car can actually take you there. It is absolutely amazing. It reads the lights. It reads everything, blah, blah, blah. It can take you there. But as I say, if you're going down dirt, you know, one single track dirt roads, well, no, you're going to end up in a ditch. But easily on any road uh, with clear with clear markings. Um... Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't use it apart from to get myself around the Great Cambridge Junction um, <laughs> near Enfield because, quite frankly, even if even if it was it was dangerously shit, it would still be better than I am <laughs> getting around that sodding roundabout. And on that note, Lucy. Oh no, I've got a recommendation. Can oh, I do a recommendation on, quickly? Yeah, go on. sorry. Well done, everybody, who's still hanging in there. Um, Morgan and Wayne White still here. Uh, on, on Radio 4 Extra, mm. if you go onto the Radio 4 Extra homepage and you look down, one of the picks of the day is Noel Coward's Blythe Spirit. Mm-hmm. And it, that's the play that um, 
that they performed last year, the Ambridge yep. Dramatics produced. And um, it is fantastic. And it stars Roger Allen, who is an amazing actor, as Charles and Maggie Steed as Madame Arcati. And it was adapted by a chap called Bert Cools, who does some of the best um, adaptations on radio. And it's absolutely fantastic. So please listen to it. You will really enjoy it. That's all. Cool. I wish I had something uh, clever and interesting to say other than see you all next week, folks. Bye-bye.